Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. All right, Revelation, book of Revelation. We're going to be in our 10th week, I believe, here in our study of this book, Revelation chapter number 8, Revelation chapter number 8. And uh, I hope that this has been a help to you, an encouragement to you. We're uh, looking at it from maybe a little bit different of a perspective and, and uh, trying to see what Christ is doing, who Christ is, revealing of Christ as we look through this, through this book. And boy, it just seems like when we got into chapter number seven, it just fit in right exactly what was happening in our world. And, and um, so we looked at the promises last week that God made to Israel. And uh, we looked at God's plan for Israel. So interesting that all of these events centered around Israel. The Antichrist is going to come. He's going to make a, make a, a treaty, a, a peace treaty with Israel and then turn on Israel. We'll get to all of that here as we, we get moving ahead. Uh, I appreciate all the questions throughout the week. And some of you are asking questions. You're getting ahead of our study. We're going to get to all of those. Um, but we're going to be in that chapter number eight. And maybe uh, if we have time, if you listen real well today, we'll be in chapter number nine as well. This is, um, this is the great tribulation. This is a horrific time. Jesus warned in Matthew 24, 21, Jesus warned of this great tribulation. It's an event that's going to happen on, like never on the earth before. So you see all the devastation that's taken place. Even in recent days, we've seen uh, fires, wildfires that have just uh, decimated entire areas, towns. We've seen that in, in Hawaii. We've seen it on, on the uh, West Coast. We've seen uh, just recently, you know, it was... Um, uh, I think the same time frame, the same day or the day after or so that Israel was hit by Hamas. Uh, that same day in Afghanistan, there was a great earthquake that took place and a couple thousand people were killed in that earthquake. And sometimes we don't hear of those things because of other news, but, but boy, this devastation. We, we experience it here in our own country when, when uh, uh, storms come and hit Florida and in uh, the uh, south southeast of our nation you see the devastation that just recently happened in florida where where entire communities were flooded but the rest of the world as they sit and they watch they empathize with these areas of the world that have been hit but this is going to be an event that takes place where all the world is going to be affected there's not going to be a section of the world that's going to sit and be able to empathize and care and feel the pain of someone else hurting because all of the world is going to be impacted by this great tribulation. A scroll is opened. We saw that take place. And a scroll is opened and seven seals are broken. Now we come to a time of silence between the seals. This is chapter number eight. And let's pick up reading in verse number one of chapter eight. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came out and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was 
given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with a prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came to the, with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and earthquake. And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. Now, before we get into each of these seven trumpets, there's a law that takes place in heaven for these 30 minutes. It's kind of like the law before the storm. What, what, is, what is this about? The reality is we don't know, and some may guess at what this 30 minutes of silence is. But, but I, I, I personally believe that, that uh, heaven is going to take a time and just breathe for these 30 minutes, knowing exactly what's going to take place here upon this earth. The worst of the tribulation is going to take place here in chapter number eight. This law before the storm, it gets a little bit of quietness, a little bit of peace before God's wrath, his judgment is just poured out upon this earth. We've seen previously the Antichrist in chapter number six. We see the seal is open. We see the Antichrist and we see these different uh, uh, color horses that will come of the earth. And we've, we've studied all of those things. But we come to the today as the seventh seal is open. And this is the worst of judgment that's going to take place here upon the earth. Verse number two, the Bible says the seventh trump, the trumpet is, is going to sound. And this trumpet, this trumpet that's going to sound is a, a trumpet of war that's going to take place. Why, why a trumpet? It's going to symbolize this, that a great disaster, a great war is going to take place here upon this earth. This trumpet is going to sound. The seal is opened, and then these trumpets begin to sound. But before the seven trumpets sound, there's an angel that comes out. So we're going to see seven, seven trumpets, seven angels are going to trumpet these, these events that are going to happen here upon the earth. But before that happens, in verse number three through number six that we read, we find this angel that's going to come. The angel is going to come, and this is going to, John is describing for us what happens there in heaven. And, and in heaven, we're going to find that there's this tabernacle that's in heaven. Just like the tabernacle that we saw in the Old Testament, there's a model that, uh, that uh, the tabernacle in the Old Testament was, was fashioned after is the tabernacle that's in heaven. And incense is burning. That incense that's burning is a picture of, of prayer that's burning before the Lord, that's incense. And just like when you and I pray, when you and I uh, bring our petitions before the Lord, when you and I pray before the Lord, that is incense before the Lord. I want to encourage you today that prayer works. Prayer works. Before, before we get into all these judgments, and even as we get into the midst of these judgments, uh, I, I want us to see, I, I told the church before we started this, that, that so often when we look through the book of Revelation, it's just disaster, and people become fearful, and, and all these events, and it causes even the Christian to get worried and concerned of what's going to happen here upon this earth. But I want us to see, even in the midst of this great tribulation, we find a truth that we, uh, we see in this word of God, and, and that is this, that, that the prayers of the saints are offered before God. What a wonderful encouragement I find when I come to this passage of Scripture, and that is this. Your prayers do not fall on deaf ears. 
Your prayers are enjoyed. Your prayers are given as a sweet-smelling savor before the Lord. God wants to hear you pray. I don't care where you're at in your life or what the, what the issue you're dealing with or how lonely you may feel or how much of an outcast you must feel. And maybe there's people in your life that, 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 that don't care, that should care. I want you to know something, that no matter how lonely you may feel, God wants to hear your prayers. No, no matter how bad it seems, no matter how hopeless it seems, your prayers are important to God. It tells us something about our God. It tells us something here, this angel, here in the midst of, of all of this disaster that's going to come, God allows us through John's writing to see this glimpse in heaven, how important prayer is. This incense, this picture of prayer, he goes from the altar of incense though to the altar of judgment. And he goes from the altar of incense where he offers those incense mixed with the prayers of the saints before God. And then the Bible tells us this, that this angel comes into the altar of judgment. He fills his censer with the, the coals of this fire. And he takes that censer that's filled with the coals of that fire on the altar of judgment, and he casts them or he flings them upon the earth. And as he flings him upon the earth, that's going to represent judgment that's going to come. You see, that altar of judgment represents the death of Jesus Christ for our sins. Well, why would the death of Jesus bring judgment here upon the earth? And the reason why is this, is if you do not receive the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you do not receive the, the, the payment for your sin debt, if you do not accept the, the death of Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, judgment is going to be brought against you. That's the lesson that I want all to hear. What I want to trumpet here today is this, that God in his mercy and in his grace, he loves you, he cares for you. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to pay your sin debt so that you can spend eternity with him. But if you reject the gospel of Jesus Christ, you mark it down, there will be judgment. Judgment's going to come. And hear me today, it is not a church that saves you. It is not your works that save you. It is not traditions that save you. It is not baptism that saves you. Nothing here upon this earth can save you. The only thing that can save you is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And it's not Jesus plus anything. This past week, we were away with our staff for a couple days and we were in Amish country and the lady that was there at the place we were staying, she was dressed up in Amish attire and I said to her, I said, are you Amish or Mennonite? I don't know the difference. And she said, well, I'm, I'm dressed in Amish. I grew up Amish. She says, but I'm actually leaving the, the Amish faith, the order. And she began to tell us, she said, my mom is very upset over this. And so I said, well, what, what are you doing? She said, well, I'm leaving it. But she wasn't leaving it to deny 
her faith in Christ. She, she says, I want a deeper faith in Christ. I want to know more. I, I, I want to I go to a church where, where I can hear the word of God and I want to worship the Lord. And, and I could feel the passion in her. She wants, to, uh, she wants to know the word of God. And so she said she's searching for a church. She's searching. She's, she's, she's trying to figure this out. And, and uh, we just talked further. And she said this. She said, my mom is afraid now that, that I'm going to go to hell. And I said, why, would, why, why is she afraid about that? She said, because I, I made a covenant when I was a child and got baptized. I made a covenant to the, to the, to the church. And, and she feels like if I broke that covenant to the church, that, that I'm going to die and go to hell and, 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 and I'm going to have eternal consequence. And I said to her this, I said, but what about Jesus Christ? I said, we don't put our faith in a church or we don't put our faith in an order. We put our faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And she says, I, why? They, I know she believes that, but she believes that if you forsake the church, that you'll also spend eternity in hell. And I asked her this question. I said, is, is Christ, is his death, his burial and resurrection sufficient or is it not? Is it sufficient or do we need more? She looked at me. She said, that's what I believe. And I said to her this, the gospel of Jesus Christ is sufficient. Meaning nothing else matters. Nothing else is required. Nothing else is going to add. Nothing else can be added to your salvation and nothing else can take away your salvation. It comes only through Jesus Christ. It's a message we hear, but those who reject the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, oh, hear me, judgment is going to fall upon you. Judgment is going to come. The altar of judgment represents this death of Christ. And oh, today, would you receive Christ as your Savior? And after this, as this angel takes that, takes that seal, Lord, takes that, that censer and casts it, flings it toward earth, those hot coals from the, the, the altar of judgment, we begin to see some things that take place. This is the great tribulation. This is, this is the worst time this earth will ever experience. A trumpet is going to sound, verse number seven, the Bible tells us that this first trumpet is going to sound. The first angel sounded and the followed hail and fire mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth and the third part of the trees were burnt up and all green grass was burnt up. And I want you to think about this, this judgment that comes to the earth, that trumpet's going to sound. Now, the six seals have been opened. John then brings us into a, an event that takes place between that sixth seal and that seventh seal that's going to be open. What God is going to do before this great judgment is going to be poured out upon the earth, the great tribulation, this seventh seal is open. We find that 144,000 Jews are going to receive Christ. God's name is going to be placed upon their forehead. They're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and, and multitudes are going to be saved during the tribulation. So before before this great judgment is coming to this earth, before the seventh seal is open, we're going to see the greatest revival that has ever taken place is going to happen here upon this earth. 
But those then that reject Christ, they have this opportunity to hear the gospel even during the great tribulation and they still believe the lie of the Antichrist. They still follow after Satan. Judgment is going to come. That first trumpet is going to be going to be sounded off and judgment against the land and the things that grow on earth. And the Bible tells us this, in this judgment, hail and fire, hail and fire is going to be mixed. Now, some, some would believe this and some would teach this. And, and the reality is, I, I, I don't know, but this could be something like a, an atomic uh, uh, war that takes place. I, I don't know what that is, but I, I do know this, that God doesn't need man's weapons for judgment. If God wants to call out hail and fire from heaven, guess what? Just like in Sodom and Gomorrah, hail and fire will fall from heaven. This is not man doing the judgment. This is God judging the earth. This is God judging mankind for rejecting Jesus Christ. So that first trumpet's going to sound, the, this horrible event that's going to take place upon the earth there's going to be things that are going to happen against the land and against the, the uh, uh, things that grow upon the earth. Trees, a third of the trees are going to be burnt up, and all green grass is going to be burnt up through this first trumpet. Secondly, I want you to see this, the second trumpet that's going to happen. When the seventh seal is open, seven trumpets we're going to find. The second trumpet, the Bible says in verse number eight, and the second sa angel sounded. As it were, a great mountain burning fire cast into the sea. And the third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. And the third part of the ships were destroyed. This could be something like an erupting volcano. This mountain, he says it as a mountain. This mountain is, begins to erupt, and as it's erupting, it erupts into the sea. And all the things that are in the sea here, he says, a third part of the creatures uh, uh, are dead, and, and a third part of the ships were destroyed. Great destruction is going to come to those things that are in the sea by this, by this erupting mountain that's going to fill the sea with blood. The Bible goes on to tell us this, a third trumpet is going to sound. Verses 10 and 11, judgment upon the rivers and men that walk upon the earth. Let's see this in verse number 10. The Bible says, and the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of water. The name of this star is called Wormwood, and the third part of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. This wormwood, many would believe this, this is this wormwood, it comes and it brings bitterness or poison to the water. If there's no water to drink, mankind will die. If the waters are no good, remember, remember back in the Old Testament, they were out in the wilderness and, and they began to complain because they were thirsty and there was no water. The water was bitter and, and the water was not drinkable and they were going to die. And why did you bring us out here into the wilderness just to die? But when this third trumpet sounds, many would believe this, an asteroid, as he's, as he's speaking about this, 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 uh, 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 this, this great star from heaven falling and burning, many would believe this, a great asteroid is going to 
go from the heavens and fall upon this earth. And when it falls upon this earth, it's going to fall into the waters and it's going to make the waters undrinkable. As this asteroid falls to the earth, men are going to die. The fourth trumpet is going to sound. I'm just getting through these trumpets here because I want to get to this chapter number nine and really look at chapter number nine here this morning. But chapter uh, the fourth trumpet's going to sound in verse number 12. And the fourth angel sounded and the third part of the sun was smitten. And the third part of the moon and the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened and the day shone not for a third part of it and the night likewise. And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. John, as he's penning this down, he says, he hears this fourth trumpet, this angel comes and he, and he plays this fourth trumpet of, of judgment of war that's going to take place upon the earth and judgment upon the skies and upon the heavens. And as this fourth trumpet comes, things begin to intensify. The skies are darkened. No light can reach the earth. If no light can reach the earth, then nothing can grow. Famine is going to take place. Now think about this. There's nothing to drink because the waters are polluted. There's nothing to eat because the sun will refuse to shine. And this angel comes, one that bears that fourth trumpet, and he, this angel says, Whoa, whoa. Woe, this warning. He says, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. If it isn't the, the fact that, that so much has already gone, has already happened. Earth has already endured so much. The warning from this next angel says this. The next three are even going to be worse. She's giving this warning. This angel is saying, be careful. The saddest thing of all of this is that mankind has had the opportunity to trust Christ and they've denied Christ. Mankind has had the opportunity to experience the grace of God but they've rejected the grace of God and because of that, they are now experiencing the wrath of God. And the angel says it's going to get worse. Chapter number nine, the fifth angel sounded and I saw a star fall from heaven under the earth. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. The worst of the trumpets are going to sound. Church, whether you believe in demons or not, if you believe in spiritual wickedness in high places or not, 
what you think and what you believe doesn't matter. What God's word says matters. The most vile, wicked demons that are right now being kept in the abyss are going to be released upon this earth. Hear me today, church. There's a spiritual warfare that's taking place. There's evil that's taking place. What we're seeing even happening in the Middle East, uh, the attacks against Israel, it comes from the heart of evil. It comes from the working of Satan. It's nothing that a Christian ought to be playing around with. Some people think it's cute to horoscopes and tarot cards and all of these types of things. Don't dabble with the occult. Don't dabble with spiritual darkness. It's no place for a Christian. It's not just a game. It's real. Satan is real. Demons are real. I'm reminded, I'm reminded of when Jesus was here upon this earth, as he went from city to city and village to village, he encountered demonic oppression, filling humankind. Remember when Jesus got to the one man there and, and uh, they chained him up and, and the cha- he, couldn't, he kept breaking the chains there. He was living in the cemeteries and no man could tame him. They were afraid of him and Jesus came and, and they said to Jesus, uh, they knew who Jesus was and he, they called themselves legion. And they, begged, they begged Jesus. They begged Jesus, please don't Send us into the deep. You remember when he said that? So Jesus took and he threw him into swine and they ran off the cliff. And there's something there that I want you to understand. That word deep and that word here that is this, this bottomless pit, it's the same thing here in the Bible. It's the abyss. Even Legion, who was this powerful group of demons here upon this earth, they begged of Jesus, don't send us to the abyss. We don't want anything to do with these creatures, these demons that are locked up in the abyss. Demons are going to be released upon the earth from the abyss they're going to be released by an invitation of Satan himself. That, that, that star that fell from heaven is Satan. Satan was once uh, an angel. But Satan, through pride and through deceit and through arrogance, said, I, I want to be like God. And, and Satan turned from God and, and rebelled against God, and he, and he was cast out of, of heaven. And John says, I see this angel falling from heaven unto the earth. 
and it was given to him or allowed to him. There's something else that I love to see in this. And that I want you to see, oh dear friend, is this. Even in the worst of tribulation, even in the time of havoc, even in the time where, where trees are being dissolved and, and grass is being burnt up and mankind is dying, when it seems like it's just hopeless here upon the earth, Satan only has so much power because God is still in control. Oh, listen, don't miss this. It doesn't matter what's happening in your life. I don't care how bad you think Satan is. God is more powerful. I don't care how bad it may seem. God is still in control. Even in the worst time that, that Jesus said, this is the worst thing that this earth is ever going to experience it only is going to happen by God's authority. Remember when Satan said to, to uh, uh, God there in Job, oh, I, I could, God says this, have you considered my servant Job? And Job, uh, Satan says, oh, I've considered him, but I can't touch him. Listen to me, even Satan recognizes that God is in control. It's time that some of us recognize that God is in control. God gets to dictate what he wants in our lives. God gets to do with us as he pleases. God allows things to happen. God is always just, and God is always right, and God is always holy, and we need to learn to trust him. There's no event that happens in your life that you can say, God, you must have lost control. God, why are you letting this happen? Everything that has happened in your life has happened by God's authority. Satan has no power except God allows it. Oh, these, these here that are in this bottomless pit, the Bible says this, that, that he was given permission. He was given the key to the bottomless pit. In verse number two, and he opened the bottomless pit and there arose a smoke out of that pit as a smoke of great furnace and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of this pit. Wicked, vile, powerful, vicious demons are gonna be released upon this earth. This fallen star, Satan, is going to have permission to open this door to the abyss. And I want you to see what we're going to find out what happens here when this door is opened. Great destruction is going to come. Look, look what he says here. These are the vilest of demons. The smoke of this furnace and the sun of the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of this pit. And there came out of the smoke locust upon the earth. Unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. Now, as John is seeing this, John is not saying that these are scorpions as actual, actual locusts that we, we see. These aren't human or, or, or earthly things. These, he, 
he's trying to describe what he sees. And what he sees is like the locusts that are just coming and infiltrating an area, just coming out of this pit, darkening the sky. What a, what a horrific scene this is. These are the vilest of demons are going to be released upon this earth. Number two, I want you to see this in verse number two. These are the vilest of demons. Number two, these are darkening demons. What's the Bible say? Satan is the prince of darkness. When these demons are released, darkness is going to fall. Hear me today. Anytime Satan is involved in something, he may pretend it to be good. He may pretend just like he's going to do with the Antichrist. He's going to pretend that peace is going to come. He's going to present himself as the answer to all mankind's problems. But Satan is not the answer to mankind's problems. Satan is a liar. Everything that Satan is involved in is darkness. And when these, when these demons are released, darkness is going to fall upon the earth. And I think of when darkness falls upon the earth for five months, the depression, the anxiety, the mental health that, that mankind is going to, to, to feel for five months. Can you imagine continually day and night, day and night, day and night, not even sure if it's day or night? Darkness everywhere, torment everywhere. And the Bible says this is not just for a 24-hour period or a week period. This is five months of torture. Verse number three and four tells us this. There came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and to the, them you were given power as the scorpions of the earth had power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God on their foreheads. Now, there's going to be two groups of people now at this point. There's two marks. Remember the 144,000 that we saw last week? They're going to receive the mark on their forehead. They're not going to receive the the Antichrist mark, they're going to have the mark of God upon their forehead, written on their forehead. And all of those that have the mark of God written upon them, these demons cannot touch. But all of the human beings that took that mark upon their hand and on their head, the mark of the beast, the one that they're going to need to buy, sell, and trade, the one that's going to bring peace, the one that's going to bring answers, the one that's going to bring deliverance, the one that's going to bring economic relief, the one that's going to bring, bring uh, 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 a peace to all mankind, this false peace that the Antichrist is going to bring. Take my mark and worship me, and, and all the problems of mankind are going to be dissolved. I am God. It's that mark. Those that have that mark are going to suffer from these demons. I want you to see how deceitful Satan is. 
This is why we can't believe him. When Satan is the accuser of the brethren, when Satan tries to tempt you, when Satan tries to distract you, when Satan tries to get you to doubt God, oh, listen to me, Satan is a liar. Satan is a deceiver. And nothing that Satan is about is truth. All mankind that's following the Antichrist is going to believe, they're going to believe sincerely that this Antichrist, he is the answer. This Antichrist, he is our hope. This Antichrist, he is man's solution. This is who we've been waiting for. Peace has finally come. Problems are away. Economic relief is finally here. Everything that we've ever wanted, this man is going to deliver. But all this man is going to deliver is pain and heartache and shame and sorrow because that's all that Satan will ever deliver. Why do we believe him? Why do we let him discourage us? Satan would have you to believe, O Christian, by serving the Lord of lords and the King of kings is not worth it. He'll have you to believe that there's something better. He'll have you to believe that God doesn't care. He'll have you to believe that God doesn't hear you. But oh, this chapter starts with the fact that this, God hears the prayers of his saints. God hears your prayers. God hears your troubles. God hears your tears. God hears you when you pray. Don't let Satan... Don't let Satan bring doubt. Don't let Satan bring fear. Don't let Satan get you sidetracked. Don't let a circumstance in your life allow Satan to get in and tempt you and make you believe that God does not care. Oh, what this chapter tells me is simply this. In the worst of worst, God still is in control. In the worst of worst, God still wants to hear you pray. In the worst of worst, Satan is still a liar and still a deceiver. And those that trust God will have safety, but those that put their faith in Satan will always come to destruction. These spirits, they're devouring spirits. They inflict torment upon mankind. Look with me in verse 5 and 6. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but they should be tormented five months. And their torment was the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. These spirits are debilitating. They're going to sting, but man is not going to be able to die. When we... Several years ago, when we moved to Georgia, I pastored in Georgia for a couple of years, and I'll never forget, we moved down there, and down there, they have spiders that can bite. They have fire ants. They're not red ants. They're fire ants. They're, they're like dragons. If you look at them, they breathe fire out. It's a little bit of fire, but it, it's fire. They're fire ants. And so we moving into our house and right on our porch from the, where the, the, the cement butted against the grass, there were these anthills and they were full of these fire ants. Well, I, I didn't know what to do. And so I went to the, to the store and they've got these little ant things, these green traps, you put them. And I said, well, I'm going to put it right in the middle of this 
like right in the hole where this, these ants come out of and they'll go into this thing and it'll kill them all. I thought this was a great idea. But it's only, it's like, it's like broccoli and food and vegetables to these, these fire ants. They, they grow, they multiply. And so not long after we were there, a couple, just a couple days, I got these bait traps out there and, and, and literally the, the ants attack this bait trap. Well, Chloe was only, I don't know, two or so young. She got outside and she saw these bait traps sitting on the edge of the patio there. And what does she do? She goes and stands on top of them. And next thing we know, all we hear is her screaming. We go running outside, and there Chloe is standing in the middle of one of these fire ant hills. Ants are all over her feet, just biting her. I mean, it was just horrible. I, I, I was, I said to Michelle, what kind of mother are you letting your two-year-old out of the house like that? <laughs> Playing on ant hills. But oh, it was horrible. She'd cry. There was nothing we could do. Like, she just wanted her feet chopped off. They hurt so bad. I, I don't remember how long it went on for, but boy, it was painful. It was painful because there was nothing we could do to bring her relief. That just reminds me, that story reminds me of these stings of these, these serpents, their debilitating spirits. They're going to sting mankind with this, with this venom, with this pain. They're going to cause such issues and such physical pain. Mankind is going to want to die, but they won't be able to die. Have you ever been in so much pain that you just want to die, but you can't? And there's no relief? These spirits are just going to bite and sting mankind? Number five, these were daunt, dauntless spirits. Look with me in verse number seven. The Bible says, and the shapes of the spirit, uh, locusts were like unto horses prepared in the battle. And on their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men. They were like horses readied for battle. There were, nothing can stop them. They were charged these horses had their, 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 their crowns upon them and had their breastplates upon them. They were, they, were, they were angry, like going to battle, waiting to charge into battle. Bible tells us it's in the same verse. Their domineering spirits had the crown like gold. They were dominant. They were going like they had control, like nothing could stop them. They were powerful and everything that got in their path was powerless. They were going to sting. They were going to inflict pain. And nothing is going to stop them for five months. As much pain as they want to inflict, they were going to be allowed to inflict. And nothing can stop this pain. Can you imagine? All because mankind rejects the Messiah. They're deceptive. 
The Bible says this, they have face like man, but they're not men. That meaning this, they're intelligent, but they're deceiving. They're deceptive spirits. They're going about, they're intelligent, they know what they're doing. Their whole goal is to inflict pain. You know what that means? They're heartless. They're heartless. They, they could care not about the people that are crying. They could care not about the pain that they're inflicting. All they want to do is inflict pain. All they want mankind to do is pay a price. The Bible goes on to tell us in verse number eight, and they had the hair of the hair of the woman and their teeth were as the teeth of lions. They were defiling spirits. As he speaks of this hair of the woman, it's speaking of seduction or, or defiance and teeth like those of lions looking to rip, looking to shred, looking to devour. They were deceptive. They were seductive. And they're, all they're doing, going to do is, is this, to get pain. This is Satan's goal. Hear me, Satan doesn't care about the human race. He wants to destroy the human race. Satan, Satan's not caring and loving. He's not setting up the Antichrist because the Antichrist really truly has the answers. He's trying to set up the Antichrist so he can bring pain and destruction to mankind. It's the opposite of God. God, who in his love and in his mercy and in his care, and in his holiness, and his empathy for mankind, he says, I will leave heaven's home, and I will come to this earth. I will humble myself and be a man and, and live like the man and be tempted like a man, and, and I will go to the cross, and I will endure all that the cross has to offer, and I'll die. That's who God is. He's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. He loves you. And he showed his love for you by the cross. What love, what other love could he show that he gave himself for you and for me? Oh, hear me. You say, what is the purpose of this? Why do we need to study this? Why do we need to know if we're not going to be here? Why do we need to know? Oh, church, hear me. This ought to cause us to take the gospel of Jesus Christ and tell the world who Jesus Christ is. This ought to cause us to say, I'm going to go to the workplace. I'm not going to work day in and day out with someone without telling them about Jesus Christ. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go and be around family without telling them about Jesus Christ. Don't let fear, don't let intimidation, don't let regret, don't, don't, don't stop telling people about Jesus because he's the only hope. He's the only answer. Satan is not the answer. He's deceptive. He's a liar. He's a destroyer. These spirits are defiant. Look with me in verse number nine. The Bible says, and they had the breastplates as if were the breastplates of iron 
and the sounds of their wings were as a sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. These are defiant spirits. Breastplates of iron means this, the heart of steel. No care. They're not going to be moved by the destruction that they're causing to mankind. They're not going to be moved by the pain that they're causing upon this earth. They've got a heart of steel, no heart of compassion. All they're going to do is just have defiant spirits. We're going to, for five months, inflict as much pain as we possibly can upon human beings. Look what he says in verse 10, and they had tails like unto scorpions. There were stings in their tails, and the power was to hurt men five months. These spirits were durable for five months of pain. It can't be stopped. I'll be honest with you. When I get to this passage, when I get to this part of Revelation, I say, okay, enough's enough. I don't want to read anymore. Five months of pain. Five months of torture. Five months of these scorpions, of these demons having free reign upon the earth. Verse number 11, the Bible says, and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but is in the Greek tongue, his name is Apollyon, and, and woe is, is the past, and behold, there came two woes more hereafter. We're not going to get into these other two today. The name of this is the same, one in the Hebrew, one in the Greek, but it means this, destroyer. There's an angel whose name means destroyer, and that's exactly what this angel is going to do. When this angel is going to be released from this pit, he is going to cause all the other angels, all the other demons from this bottomless pit. He is going to lead them to bring destruction against mankind. And church, this is where I don't understand how we as a church could understand the destruction, the hurt that's going to come to this earth, but remain quiet and silent when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ. A few months, a few weeks ago now, I guess it's been almost a month or so, I when I went into my doctor, he told me of my issues with my kidney. I said to my doctor, I said, well, doctor, just give me some medicine. <laughs> I thought that was the answer. Just give me something. He said, there's, there's no medicine. You're too far gone. There's no medicine that's going to be able to retreat your issue. I thought, if there's something out there and he's keeping it from me. 
I'll never go back to that doctor. What a horrible doctor that would be. To have the answer and not want to share it with someone in need. And I thought to myself, I'm looking to this man for an answer to my physical need, and I'm consumed with him giving an answer to my physical need. Does this man have the answer to his spiritual need? And so obviously, any opportunity that I have he said to me and my wife in our last appointment, he says, now don't get depressed, don't get discouraged, and now I can give you something for that if you need that. But this is what he said. He said, but you're a man of faith. You're a man that believes God. And I believe because you're a man of faith, you're gonna be okay. We have the answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. But if we're not careful, we will let everything else in life consume us. We get upset, and we get worried, and we get frantic, and we look to the world for answers to help us, when in reality, church, we have the answer that the world needs. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't want to hear this seventh seal that's broken. As I've studied this, as I've read this, I just, boy, I, I, to be honest with you, I have to keep putting it down and I go back and I read it and I'd read commentaries and I would say, oh, I, but I have, a, I have a choice now and you have a choice. You've heard what this seventh seal is, and you have a choice as a believer if you're saved. You have a choice that you could say, oh, that's just too horrific, that's just too bad, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know about it, I don't want to think about it, I don't want anything to do with it. I'm glad I'm not going to be here. Or you can pray. You can say, God, lead me to the person closest to hell today. And your prayers can be like incense in heaven. And you can take the gospel of Jesus Christ and you can share it with a lost person. You can share it with those that if they do not trust Jesus Christ, they will live through this pain but you have to do something, church. You can't just sit idle and do nothing. You must take this, you must do something with it. You're either gonna put it on the side because it's too much to think about, 
or you're going to let it motivate you and change you, and you're going to take the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you are going to be a witness and an ambassador for the kingdom of heaven until the Lord Jesus Christ comes. What are you going to do? What will you do with the message of the seventh seal? If you're here today and you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, today is the day of salvation. Don't wait. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. Put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ today. And if you are saved, then I hope and I pray that you will say, God, give me strength. God, give me authority. God, give me power. God, give me perseverance. God, give me boldness to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to every single person that I come in contact with. Let's commit to be soul winners till Jesus Christ comes. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org, and we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.